1: sparing no expense putting your best foot forward why jesus is best is the subject of our time today here on truth for today with pastor phil howard join us You know, for many, there are a variety of routes to eternal bliss, whether that's heaven or some vain imagination of eternal bliss after death. But at the end of the day, there is only one way. And in Hebrews chapter 1, the author lays it out perfectly clear. Why Jesus is Best is the title of our series. Today's message is called When God Speaks His Best. Join us. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Here's Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint, ESV, or representation, King James, New American Standard, NIV, the exact representation of his nature. Wait, wait, wait. Radiance, that's tough. If you had a light bulb here, uh, if you say you saw the light bulb, what if the light bulb was turned off? Is that a light bulb? What if we turn it on and you said, I see the radiance? Would it be like seeing the light bulb? Yeah. You're seeing what it produces. God says, I'm going to send that which radiates me. He is the full external glory of me. He can duplicate me. Did you know Jesus can do anything the Father can do? John 5. The Father can raise the dead? So can I. The Father can do this? So can I. The Father has life in himself? So do I. By the way, the Father's committed all judgment to me. He won't even touch judgment. I'm going to judge sinners, not the Father. Why throne judgment isn't the Father, it's the Son. He does the judging. He is the exact radiance of this glorious God, nothing diminished, and he shares his divine nature. That means all the omnipotence, eternality, omnipresence, all-knowing. All he did is he clothed himself in humility to restrain, he came like a servant, and he suppressed the external glory of all that he was, but he always possessed it. And when he emptied himself, he never emptied himself of his deity. He emptied himself of all that he could give. He gave himself for us. But he, reta- he was God on the cross. He was God in the tomb. He can never cease to be God. He is God. He shares the nature of God. That's who he's describing who this messenger, who speaks for him today, this son, the radiant glory of God, the exact representative. And what he doing now? Uh, he's upholding the universe by the word of his power. And it's not a picture of Atlas. No, no, no. No, no. That's Greeks. He's upholding. He is the governor administrator that makes everything in the universe run like it should run. He keeps the sun from burning up the earth. It only gets so close. Well, uh, tell me which uh, scientist set that rule in motion. What scientist makes gravity work? Uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Scientist, when did you set limits to the ocean of how far it can go? Who set the limits? Who's the governor of this thing? Who keeps planets? at the right distance so we're not burned up or frozen to death or that we're not inundated by flooding because the ocean gives up its boundaries. We ought to be real nervous living in California. Ooh, God slipped. We just lost another city. No, no, no. He said, I am running the universe. I am sustaining it. I uphold all the planets. I uphold the earth, the tides, the wind, the seasons, the events. It's being run by God the Son. I give rain to California, not Brown, not any other politician. If I withhold it, it's withheld. If I give it, I give it. I am. The unrecognized governor of the universe. Come on, come on. This is our turf. I'm not a cow, they wouldn't have me. This is what he said. This is who he sent. All power to run the universe, powerful enough to create it. I am his, the heir of everything. You mean this is who you sent? When you said you spoke to this son, this is the son. This is who he is. Now watch. After making purification for sins, wait, we just want God to talk to us. What are you doing messing with our sins? He said, I want to purify the folks I'm going to talk to. This messenger did something Isaiah could never do. Isaiah, you can talk to me, but you can't do anything about my sins. This one can. This messenger said, bring on their sins. Big, long, tall. Doesn't matter. I'm going to do something about the sin problem called purify them. I'm going to purify. You know, prophet Isaiah said when he got the call from God, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I'm ruined. I'm dirty before this holy God. And God said, I'll send a coal from off the altar to cleanse your filthy lips, Isaiah, so I can use you. You know... I used to read that as a boy. I said, Lord, I'm better at cussing and say Joe Mama than preaching. You sure you want me to preach? I know how to cuss, a boy. I don't know anything about your vocabulary. He said, don't worry. I got something that's made atonement for you on the altar. And I'm going to send a cold, boy. And I'm going to cleanse your lips. And I'm going to turn you in a messenger of mine. But I got to first clean you up. I want to clean your lips, give you a new vocabulary, a new subject, and cussing will look like an insult. I got gospel. I don't have any cussing. Because I got good news. But he had to first cleanse my lips. Are your lips clean enough to bear his good news? That's what the cross was about. This messenger is not going to just preach. He's going to do something about your sins. This is no ordinary messenger. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, let me say, in this book, nobody sits down but Jesus. Because this is a book telling you about the old covenant where the priest never got to sit down. There was no furniture in the tabernacle for the priest to sit down. But Christ is the kind of high priest that sits down because it's done. No more sacrifices. No more penance. And all religion that says you're doing something for God. doing something. You don't do anything for this God. He does it all for us. It's done. So his work was so complete. He sat down. And then God lets him sit next to the majesty on high. And... Having become as superior to the angels, he gave him a name. The Hebrews only talked about God as the name. The son could never bear that unless he was being. In other words, you haven't said really God when you say G-O-D. I know God. Well, who is G-O-D? Wait, then the Hebrews would say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in paths for his name. Well, what's his name? Or when you baptize men and women, baptize them in the one, and you notice that's a singular? One name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But one name. When they said name, the Jewish audience, they are saying, that which represents who God is. What God say, tell me who God is. Well, God is God, so you don't know who God is. You just know how to spell God. No, He is the God of creation, the God of power, the God of eternality, the God of infinite wisdom, the God of omniscience, the God that's worked in history, the Exodus, the creation, the prophet. This is who I'm talking about when I say God. I'm not talking about an ambiguous, the devil can say God. An atheist can say, God, do you know God? You've got to know the name. Who is he? What is he? He's not who we define. He's who he reveals himself to be. And his greatest revelation was in the Son, who he is. Now, God has spoken in the past. He's chosen to speak in the Son with these characteristics. Now, I would just like to pick... What does God have to say to the race after um, unceasing rebellion? Israel, I am the true and living God. What do you want? I want to be like Babylon and Assyria. I want to worship the gods. I'm into phallic worship. I'm into offering my daughters and sons on the altar. I'll give them to Moloch. I'll give them to these gods of Dagon. We don't want the God that saved our father Abraham. We like Gentile gods. What did God say? I'll let Babylon take you. I'll let Assyria take you. I'm going to scatter you in the dysphoria. I'm going to give you what you want. You've abandoned me. You're away from me. Gentiles, what do you want? We don't want the God who created all of this. We want to worship animals. We want to worship creatures. Anything but the Creator. We will kill your prophets. Kill your prophets. Kill your prophets. And after 400 years of silence, God says, I'd like to talk to you again. What do you have to say? Turn to to John chapter 1. Buy the book and you get this free. No, you won't. Seven bucks. Come on, it's Christmas. Don't be tight. John 1. Look at verse 14. John 1, verse 14. And the Word, which was Christ became flesh, and the word dwelt, you ought to translate, it's skene, tinted. He tinted out. He camped out among us. He tinted among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. Are you a son of God? Where would you prove that? Well, John 1, 12, Romans 8. We're not slaves, we're sons. Galatians 4, he has sent the spirit of his son in our hearts, by which we cry, Abba, for we are sons, not slaves. Well, we are. Uh, angels are called sons of God, Job 1. The nation of Israel is called his son, Hosea 11, 1. I call my son out of Egypt. So the fourth usage is when he uses it of God the son, he's usually called the only one of its kind of son, only begotten means only one of its kind. And so he's saying, he's speaking to us as the only kind of son that comes from the Father, full of judgment, wrath, anger, hostility, and I came to tell you off. Full of what? Grace and truth. Well, well, you already spoke through Moses. What came through Moses? For the law was given through Moses, verse 17. And the law, what did it do? Thoroughly convinced us we were rotten. It shut our mouth, according to Romans, because we broke all the commandments. And we now deserve a death penalty. And God said, I want to talk one last time to the human race. And the first thing I want to tell them is, I'm offering you grace in Jesus. I don't want to treat you as you deserve. I'm sending grace. We thought you'd send us another death sentence. No. I'm going to let this messenger bear your sentence I want you to get from him I want to be gracious to you I want to be truthful with you that's what I want to say can you hear me then look at chapter 3 of course you know verse 12 of John 1 if you believe in his name he'll give you a right to become into his family but he says something over in John 3-16 that goes like this: "For God so hated his enemies." Wait, wait. You can't love people that hate you. Yes, I can't." The world doesn't stand for how broad the audience is. It's how bad the audience is. The world always represents those in the grip of Satan. So it represents our badness, not how vast. God loved those who hated him, rejected him, and didn't want him for however many centuries from Adam to Christ. But he said, I'm going to love them that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in the Son should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, find them guilty, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Jesus did not come to condemn us. He found us condemned. We were in a state of being condemned. Children of wrath. Before he ever came. Why should he come and heap more guilt? Some of you Christians. Do you ever bring grace when you show up? Are you just telling me how bad everybody is? So what? God loves sinners. Get that in your head. He loves sinners. It's cost him more to love us than it's ever cost you. Get over it. If we got what we deserved, I'd be in hell. I didn't want God. He wanted me. I rejected him. I didn't want him. I should have been saved when I was five. All the influence in my life from Christian people. But I didn't want him. He wants you. That's the miracle. Why? What have what do you have that God wants? All He wants to do is say, I'm going to show people my grace by what I do for you. I've sent a messenger that says, I want to be gracious. I'll do all the work. You just believe me. Just trust me. Believe me. Look at verse 36. John 3:36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. First, he wants to show you grace. Two, he wants to show you sacrificial love. And now he says, I want to give you eternal life instead of eternal wrath. Or, We were all dwelling under the wrath of God. I see this this way. Before we were saved, I was in a state. I was a child of wrath by nature, Ephesians 2. And I abode under the wrath of God, but it never did settle down on me. If it settled down on me, I'd be in hell. You know what he did? The son stepped in between the wrath of God and me and the cross has kept his wrath off of me. I was under it one time. Oh, yeah. But the son came. He's covered. And he even moved me over here said, let's move him into the family. No longer an object of wrath. That's what the son came. That's what God's got to say to the human race. I don't care how much you hate him. I don't care how much you rejected him. I don't care how far you run. I don't care how mean you are. He loves you. He wants to be gracious to you. He wants to bear your penalty. Why don't you come? What's your problem? Why don't you come? This is a gracious God. He didn't send us a guillotine, He sent us a beloved Son that took the cross because He wants to reach out to you. That's what He would do to get you to heaven. He said in Matthew 11, We won't go there. I came to give you rest. Sin will wear you out. There is no rest for the wicked. They are like the ocean and tossing up all of its filth and its mess. He said, the wicked are like that ocean with foam and dirt and all the stuff. But he came, he said, I'd like to give you peace. I'd like to heal the breach between you and my father. I'm the middleman that can bring you. Job said in Job 19 one time, he said, oh God. Would that there was someone that could lay hands on my head and lay hands on God at the same time. It was an arbitrator he's calling for. Oh, I wish I had someone to arbitrate my case. Well, Paul answered him in 1 Timothy 2.5. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He takes hold of the sinner. He takes hold of the Father's hand. And he said, I will bring you together. And he brings us together in salvation. I'm going to say this, God has spoken his best in Jesus. He has done his best. And if you don't receive his best, you will get his worst. There's only two two choices on the menu. God's best, God's worst. And his best spokesman, his best and last message His final message is Jesus. And, oh, church, what are you doing with the message? Setting on it or sharing it? Mister, that you may be here or some young lady, when have you ever responded to this gracious messenger of God? Have you ever believed in him? He said in Hebrews 3, it's a present tense in the Greek, though he's quoting Psalms 95. that had been written 600 years before. He said, today, if you'll hear his voice and not harden your heart, he will come in. Can you hear him? Come. I want to be gracious. I want to show you God loves you. I want to show you you can have rest. Believe it or not, it, this is hard. I'm not so mad that I don't love you. I'll put all my anger on my son if you'll just let me love you. Would you receive my son? My love gift. That's what I got to say. And he's been saying it for 2,000 years. Oh, he's waited long. His next time he'll speak will be revelation when he pours out judgment on the earth. He's going to come in wrath and power, and judgment, and there'll be no second chance or no negotiation. This voice has been an echoing 2,000-year voice. Come. Let me save you. Let me give you a new life. Let me forgive you. I don't want to sentence you. I want to rescue you. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Pray for that one here that doesn't know him. Our Father, Who is here today that you're speaking to? Young person, young adult, every age. Where are they, Lord? That they've never said, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I hear you speaking. I want your grace. I need your mercy. I don't want to run from you. I want you. I need you. I can never say God doesn't love me since Jesus. I can never say God hasn't been gracious since Jesus. I can never say he has not pursued me because he sent Jesus, the one that came to the field, and they killed him. Oh, Lord Jesus, speak to some heart like you did last Sunday. I'm convinced more and more there's many unsaved people that attend our services. I want them saved. I want to see them saved. I told you I'll beg if I need to beg. I'll weep if you'll give me the tears. I want men to come to know you and not perish.
1: Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, they're at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.